Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Batter a pod of their own this is episode 78 of a pod of their own i am allison mccaig and i am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts linda serovich hi linda hey allison maggie wiggin hello maggie hi allison and kellyanne healy hello kellyanne hello allison hello maggie hello linda i'm very excited because all four of us are here this week which is not gonna happen all that often, but for special occasions, we do this. And today is a special occasion, if not entirely for the reason we thought it would be, but it is still a special occasion regardless, because because this is the last podcast before opening day. Um, opening, We are recording this on Tuesday night, March 30th. Opening day is Thursday evening, and we're very excited about it. Um, little did we know, though, uh, that Francisco Lindor is still not extended yet. We expected this to be a celebratory podcast but uh things are going down to the wire on this one you guys (laughs) it's an annoyed podcast everyone's favorite Mm. Um, hopefully it will only be a partly annoyed podcast but then we might go like to celebratory podcast or to really po'd podcast yeah this this could go this could go so many ways right now oof it dropping during this would be ideal, but I don't think that's going to happen at this point. Um, I'm going to call it an anxiety podcast. That's <laughs> the main emotion I'm feeling right now. Um, 
But as of right now, um, like I said, it's it's Tuesday evening on March 30th at about 8.30. Um, no deal has been reached. Lindor, as everyone knows, has has set opening day as his deadline um i think i think at this point because things are going so close to the wire i like even if it drops slightly after opening day like i think they he just means negotiations it may end up being that the news is announced um slightly after but regardless he doesn't want to negotiate anymore after opening day and he's been very clear about that um the developments since last time we talked about this, and there are quite a few, um, are that basically both sides have sort of upped the ante and are very publicly posturing in the media at this point. The The negotiations are being carried out very publicly through the media, uh, which is new because there had kind of not really been leaks from the Mets before this, but now it's starting to just be out there for everyone to see. Um, Does it count the- as a leak if it's Steve Cohen on Twitter? <laughs> oh, good God. Just openly about the negotiation like, i guess I've not never seen anything like this before yeah our, our very what? online oh, owner mr cohen our very online owner is an extremely double-edged sword <laughs> in this yes. case um it's, I just, it's not I, great i just keep thinking of the last time we had a whole blow up of negotiations or trades on twitter it was with wilmer flores and carlos gomez and that was just a mess all around so many emotions and it was not it was it was so unnecessary if sandy alderson had tweeted no we did not trade wilmer flores <laughs> i feel like that would be like that would be on the level of what uh Cohen is doing now which is hilarious and weird and not helping anything seriously not helping not in the slightest the latest details on this um beyond that just like steve cohen is making everything worse uh by being (laughs) online um the the, like basically the poet it's very very transparent and hilarious how there's like a set of baseball writers who are getting the Mets side and a set of baseball writers who are getting the agent side um and so certain people are tweeting and then other people tweet immediately after. So the latest set of tweets is that the Mets were saying publicly through their chosen channels that 10 years, 325 million was their quote final offer. So they had initially offered Lindor something a little bit below 300 million. And then like Lindor had Lindor and his camp had countered with like much far over that. And the Mets said, okay, like they brought it up to 10, 10 years, 325 million. And they said publicly, this is their, quote, final offer. And then Lindor's camp is now saying, as of late last night, early this morning, that they won't back down from 12 years, $385 million. So that's where the two sides are standing seemingly pat right now, at least publicly. Um, so that's still a significant gap, <laughs> I'd say, at this Don't point. Don't do any of this publicly. It's like a public game of chicken. It is a public game of chicken. It's it's clearly each side trying to parm, publicly to be clear. Not chicken parm. No. <laughs> chicken the bad parm, kind of chicken. Chicken parm will be the new salmon if um if this does go through because the other thing the other like news piece is that the Mets is that uh Steve Cohen and Francisco Lindor ate dinner together. Um and Steve in all of his tweeting said that he ate the ravioli and it wasn't very good and Francisco Lindor got the chicken parm, whatever you want to make for that with that information. Uh so but was everyone's the chicken calling parm it. good. 
I, unclear. We don't know. Unclear. Um, for those of you that don't... Port St. Lucie is middling. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know. For, and for those that don't understand the Salmon reference, um, it goes back to when Curtis Granderson signed with us. Um, was it the Wilpons or was it just Sandy that took Curtis Granderson out for dinner and Curtis Granderson just got really nice salmon and he enjoyed it. So that's I think the it was the Wilpons. It yeah, was? Okay. Good enough to warrant mention, which yes. I have not had a lot of salmon that I would do that with. It's true. It's true. And it became a meme. Yes. So now chicken parm, if this deal goes through, chicken parm will be the new salmon because that'll be the, the meal that, where they broke bread. It'll be chicken parm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as of right now, they're still publicly pretty far apart. Um, it seems that both sides are trying to like kind of publicly call the other side's bluff and get them to back down. Um, but we'll see what happens. It's very stressful. And Steve Cohen is just out here tweeting things like pouring. I really hope fire. I really hope Francisco Lindor signs. It's like, um, who's who's ball? Whose court is the ball in, Steve? Who's got the money? Who's got the money? That's up to you. Whenever we're dealing with just like massive male egos it just makes me nervous it's just not great things have come of that general combination of like two men with egos but you know whipping them out first time for everything (laughs) (laughs) yeah i really hate that i mean obviously i hate that that the whole thing is happening publicly um Mm -hmm. i don't think it's a good look for either side but um i really hate that with by doing this on the Mets part uh they're already like turning people against Lindor before he's even played a game and I just hate that the takes are going to be bad like regardless of whether this deal goes through almost because if it doesn't then fans are going to be mad they're going to be like oh is that not enough for you and then if it does go through like anytime he grounds out fans are going to be like not worth it and i'm just like no win situation yeah it's really frustrating um well like chris pointed out our uh editor chris mcshane he said if this is a refreshing change like they're knocking a player coming into the door instead of (laughs) on the way out of the door yeah i guess that is different but is it good no No, either is good no and I, I said this, I tweeted this earlier today, and I, it's, I, I'm just like, well, first of all, the, the continued concern about Steve Cohen's wallet on the part of fans is confounding to me and will always be. But I think that Mets fans, like, there's a significant contingent of Mets fans that, like, being miserable is their entire oh, personality. And so they don't, like, I'm convinced they don't even want a nice thing. They don't even want this nice thing because they don't know how to act because they are, they have thrived on being miserable and they just want to be negative for the sake of being negative and so they're just like me like overpaid it's like oh my god are you serious like you do you like being miserable is that something you enjoy i'm pretty sure i mean we see like they're still crying over kellenic it's like get over it like you have edwin diaz is perfectly fine and yet like they legit hate him and will always hate him because of kellenic which is Dumb. Yeah. I mean, I will say, not to defend the Mets in any way on this, but, like, if I had been asked a couple weeks ago to target a price for a Lindor, I think 10 years, 325 is pretty much exactly where I would have landed. And I'm not entirely convinced that if this, that 
if Lindor goes into the offseason a free agent, that he's going to come out with any more than that. No, Um, I I don't think he would personally, unless he has like an insane season, like MVP level. Go for it, buddy. Get it. And Steve Cohen, get over your ego problem here and just like, pay the 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 idiot tax for yapping on Twitter about it like just, he's a, just he's a hedge fund manager so <laughs> and also like, I forget who tweeted it um but they're like you're willing to go to 40 million a year for freaking Trevor Bauer and oh, Cohen's God. out here still mm-hmm. crying about Trevor Bauer um I hated that, by the way. Yes, I hated that, too. Because at least Sandy was smart enough (laughs) to back off a little bit, saying, oh, we were naive and we thought, you know, it wouldn't be that bad or whatever Sandy said. So at least Sandy had the good sense to at least back away. Like, he still didn't look good, to be clear, because they still aggressively went after Bauer. But Sandy saw the backlash. Cohen cannot read a room, basically. And we're still surprising. Trevor Bauer. It's the ego. Yep. It's that like billionaire ability, like like you can't spend a billion dollars ever, but you can use it to never give a shit about what anyone thinks ever again, except for mm-hmm. your ego. Yep. Yeah. I mean, listen, like increased transparency and like some fun Twitter banter with the fans and doing these Q and A's and stuff. Like, I it's a refreshing change from the previous regime. We said this when Steve Cohen first became the new owner i think it's good on the whole but there's a point where it becomes too much and we've reached that point with this lindor stuff like you just have to log off at a certain point like you can make tweets after it's done yeah mm-hmm. yeah like, like you can t- take a picture of the chicken parm and then po- do your like shit posting <laughs> after it's done and like make a meme and be like ha 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 like fine but, like, not when it's still happening. You're, like, basically he's trolling the fans, and that's yeah. not good. Yeah, and if it goes south, it's going to get ugly quickly. Really quickly. Really quickly. I mean, he's tr- he's trying to, I feel like, have the best of both worlds in that he's trying to be a fan, um, like, one of the online fans, and trying to fit in with that group. But he can't because he can complain, but he has control over it. The fans don't. So it's... It's just bad right now. Yeah, I mean, is is that is is three eighty five or whatever they would land on? Is that you know the correct amount? I mean, it doesn't matter. It's the amount that he has to pay, and just yes, yeah, yeah. Like it's I like if somebody you wait until in... Christmas Eve to buy your Christmas tree, and you're like, what? It's ninety dollars. <laughs> like, well, Christmas Oops. Eve. Whose fault is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like and like I had someone in in my mentions today posting like a screenshot of fan graphs of like comparing Mookie Betts and Francisco Lindor and being like he's not worth more money than Mookie Betts and I was just like you post this information like it's relevant to me I literally do not care what he well, makes then, in comparison to Mookie Betts. I don't well, care. I understand what their fan graphs pages say. Like, I know how good Mookie, Mookie Betts is. He's very good. Francisco Lindor is also very good. Maybe not quite as good as Mookie Betts, but in the same star tier. I literally don't care how much money he makes. Just get it done. Well, then you had John Heyman saying you can't pay him, like, three times to Grom. Why not? What, Seriously, did, they were about to pay Bauer more than to Grom. Exactly. Well, like, it's not that far off. Like it was a five-year contract. 
Yeah. Right. Versus a ten-year contract, like yeah. very different. Should Grom's contract have been longer? Uh, yeah. Yes. As it turns out. Um, but like in terms of comparing average annual value, they're actually really close. Mm. And, and in terms of comparing, out, he can renegotiate if he's unhappy. He's fine. Yeah. Oh, right. Don't exactly. remind me. He, he has his opt out. <laughs> also, he just had he had such a good answer to when he was asked asked about that. Um, the the contract comparison. He's just like that. Yeah, that was the market at the time I signed. It's a different market now. It's just like Jake. You're so damn diplomatic and wonderful. Yeah. He doesn't care. So, and like he and, just likes baseball. In terms yeah. of. Speaking in terms of average annual value, if you look at where the Mets are at with their, quote, final offer and where Lindor is at, it, with more years, the average annual value is actually less with Lindor's offer and it helps with the tax. I mean, this is like two collected, collective bargaining agreements from now. So that's the other thing, because people are like, oh, the tax, the tax. It's like, who even knows what that's going to look like? I, how are you concerned about the Mets payroll in 2033 or whatever the hell? I, guess I, what? We I, have I simply a am not. Owner who can afford it. I simply am not concerned about these things. <laughs> like, oh, draft picks. Uh, like, the, there's going to be a new collective bargaining agreement two times over by the time this contract is up. If the if this contract goes through, so I just like you can't you can't base this on like what things are going to be a decade from now. We we might all be underwater a decade from now. Like, yes. can we just let just us saying. live? Let us live. Let us but Allison, how else will we post the dollars per war tenants <laughs> in the in the stadium if we don't find the little places here to penny pinch? Dollars per war fly forever. Oh my god. I just like, ugh. Like, basically, we can't ever do anything because it might be a disaster five years from now. Like, that's basically the argument. Right. Which is There's like... There's always drama. There's always drama. If if you if we if we win a World Series like this year or next year, I I guarantee you I am not going to give a single shit about twenty thirty three. Yeah, like Just, you want. What was the point of getting getting a new owner if we're not going to get like pay players? Like this was the whole reason say, why everybody wanted the Wilpons gone. We would not even be having this conversation. No, it's true. If Steve Cohen like, again. Not sure. They need to like bust out the checkbook boys. Um, but it is refreshing to be talking about extending a big star instead of um, you know, looking forward to the return of quad A nobody from never as our number four starter. It's true. It's so true. that's a I'll call that a positive that we are here arguing not arguing, we all agree. Um, about Francisco Lindor when that would not have even been a name upon our lips. Yay, just a year ago. It is true. And the the other thing about the uh, the other thing about fans who are like concerned about you know the amount of money that Francisco Lindor is making for some reason, like it, Mets fans are well known for their massive inferiority complex when it comes to the New York Yankees. And we now have the chance to do what the Yankees have done to us for decades now. And you are mad about that? What is wrong with you? (laughs) I want that. I want to be the team that everyone else hates because they paid for a championship. I want that so badly. And we have a chance to do that now. Come on. Is that not exciting to you? 
No, no Allison, we can't give money there's... to talented people. That no. would be wrong. I don't know. I, I, how would you, I how would you prefer we spend this money on like four Rick Porcellos a year? I just can't. Yeah, because that was fun last year. A rounding error on Cohen's taxes. I just I think people are still sort of traumatized by the Wilpon era. I'm I'm leaving room for that. I think this whole yes. season for people to mm-hmm. get their the get to a better mental state in terms of. Hey, the Wilpons were terrible in pretty much every single way to what is hopefully a better regime. I mean, we're already seeing a lot of improvements in the analytics office, which was, I think, what, four or six people under the Wilpons, and it's now 20 um, under Cohen. So that's already a big expansion. Um, so I just think we all need time as fans to really? kind of get the stench. The stench of the the Wilpons out of our nose, the taste of them out of our mouths, and get used to the feeling of Cohen and the big bucks. Well, yep. and like somebody may else they, pointed out, he um he dropped like two billion for his friend because they got called because game because of the GameStop thing. He yeah. like if he could just drop two billion to help a friend out, he can drop. <laughs> 375 on a baseball player. Yeah, I think I saw um, Cohen would light a billion dollars on fire because his buddy lost a bar bet, but <laughs> won't give it to Fritz. I mean, that's the, that, that's the whole thing. Like, that's his friend. That was his protege. So, uh, I don't know. He's a hedge fund guy. I don't know what they think. I just well, know Lenora would actually fail. be doing something for the money. Yeah. You know, just, right? like, literally losing it in seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally like he he dropped 2 billion to let this guy put some scotch tape on the hole in his raft. Like that's literally <laughs> what it is. <laughs> As opposed yeah. to getting to watch Francisco Lindor play glorious baseball day in and day out. Like what which of yeah, these is better? <laughs> seriously, his friend got duped by redditors on GameStop. <laughs> And you're okay with Cohen spending two billion on that, but three hundred seventy-five million is an issue to watch yeah. Francisco Lindor play baseball. Yep. Like, I just want to be clear. Magic. I I mean, we were talking about this a bit before the show, and I want to bring it up on the actual show. I'm very glad that Pete Alonso came out and said, yes. pay the man $400 million. I don't care. I don't like care. That, yeah. It's very important for the players to advocate for this stuff. The same thing happened with um, the DeGrom extension when that was going down to the wire. This is happening very similarly. You know, like even a day or two out, there was... There was a lot of consternation about whether the DeGrom deal was going to get done. And Noah Syndergaard said, pay the man. And I mean, who knows how much of an impact it actually had. We don't, we'll never know that. But I think it makes an impact, at least on the public perception of the thing. Um, Players supporting players is always a wonderful thing. I agree. Um, (laughs) And so it's really nice that Pete Alonso came out and said, pay the man. Because now it makes, Cohen was already. Mm-hmm. Cohen was already going to look bad if this didn't go through before that, but now he looks bad not only to the fans, but to his own players. And you don't want to have your relationship with your players, especially one who might be a future like cornerstone of your franchise like Pete Alonso. You don't want that to go south so soon after you've taken the helm. I don't know if this was like a sign or anything. You can read into it, whatever, however you want. 
Um, I was doing a baseball display at work today. And I was like, I want to make sure I have current books on display. Um, so I think it was from 2019, I think the book got published. It was called Baseball's New Wave. And it was like today's greatest stars. And it had Mike Trout on the cover. So I opened it up. And the first page, the first chapter I opened up to was Francisco Lador. Wow. Hell yeah. It's I was a like, sign. who I opened up to? <laughs> it's a sign. I took it as a good sign, but yes. we shall see, I guess. But we that book is not display. So we but he's see. still on the Indians in that and in that book since it was published a couple of years ago. But hopefully when the next book is written, Francisco Lindor will be in the orange and blue. Yes, I hope he like, looks great in orange and blue. He really yeah. does. He looks so good in the uniform. Ugh, ugh, it's awesome, and I'm so excited. Even, I mean, regardless of what happens with the extension, I'm still at least in 2021. We'll get to watch him play baseball, and I'm very excited for that. Um, yes, and you know, it's very soon. Thursday's opening day. I'm very Yay! excited. We're all excited. Oh my god! It's it's uh, for baseball to start on time. It's gonna be nice. And we After get to watch the Grom pitch opening day. Oh. But I work until seven o'clock, so I won't be home until seven thirty. Oh no! <laughs> Just like put on Howie on the radio on the yeah. On at least the, I won't have to hear a rod. I can hear Howie driving. Yes. Home. Yeah, it's true. The ESPN booth. It's very sad that the Mets that we don't get Gary, Keith, and Ron on opening day. But uh, Michael and I never were going to because they're playing the Nationals, and so I actually, sadly, am happy that it's on ESPN because that is preferable to the Masson booth. As, as terrible as that is. Um, well, I would just like to th- them to thank the Mets for having a night game opening day, the yes. week when all of New York City's school kids are home for spring break. Yeah. Great job. Good planning. Thank you. Yes. No opening day afternoon baseball here. No. Well, I don't have to, you know, it's nice for pe- for people who have work. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, I've never seen an opening day. <laughs> I used to take it as a vacation day every every year, and I guess I technically should take it as a vacation day today, but this year but i won't i would have i i would have thought about it if the game was a day game but i but what i am doing is i'm taking a vacation day friday to make a three-day weekend after opening day so that's nice Mm -hmm. that's nice nice. um i was gonna say because i just have a three-day weekend anyway ah but because both my libraries are closed friday and saturday yeah lucky yeah oh yeah because it's easter weekend i actually had to take off because it's not a holiday um but the village is closed but they forced the library open it's like wait how does this work i'm in a village and employee so how did that happen good question things are confusing yeah <laughs> the um, days melt into each other like putty yeah yeah, yeah. Very, very true yeah time is a flat circle i like I I always get the I get I get the day of the week wrong so often now it's kind of absurd, um, but I the, I am excited uh, regarding particular opening day plans. Michael and I are getting Shake Shack delivered Ooh. to to replicate the full Mets experience 
So I'm just really psyched about that. It's going to be like a whole thing. We're going to get like fancy beer and we're going to get Shake Shack and I'm just hyped as hell. Baseball. Yay! Baseball. Meet the Mets. up and greet the Mets. We're trying to drum up excitement before we have to talk about other bad topics. Yay. But I am genuinely excited. So there's that going for it. And, you know, people can actually go to games and hopefully do so safely. And, like, I can actually plan. That's still the amazing thing. Like, I can actually plan on going to a game this year, which still kind of blows my mind. Like, May 1st, when I'm fully vaxxed, like, wild horses wouldn't be able to drag me away. (laughs) (laughs) May 15th will be my official. I get my first shot tomorrow, so. Mine will be April 27th, because I have my second shot on the 13th. Uh, mine the second shot is April 17th so whatever two weeks after the 17th that's the same day as my mom's getting her second shot I think Uh, oh nice you'll be be vaccine shot twins twins. twins. (laughs) it's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Speaking of, of vaccines and, you know, healthcare. Another very exciting thing that we want to just point out on this podcast is that a woman has been promoted to head team physician of the New York Mets. That is so exciting. Congratulations to, oh my gosh, I'm like opening the Catherine. Her name's Catherine. I know that. Congratulations to Dr. Catherine McElney. McElhenney. I think it's McElhenney. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. McElhenney, I think. I think we're sorry that we're pronouncing this incorrectly. <laughs> or McElhenney. Ladies be doctrine, and we love to see it, folks. <laughs> like, yeah, yes. that's what it and, comes down to. And in her so photo. Congratulations, Dr. Catherine. And in her photo, like on the, like, you know, where the Mets did the official tweet and the press release with, like, the header photo, she's wearing pearls. pearls. And I just love that so much. Yeah. It's awesome. With her white coat. Oh, fire. Um, so we're very excited about that. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, so we'll post, we'll, we'll post the link to the Met, the Mets like, uh, press announcement in case y'all missed it. Uh, but we're very excited about that, uh, that a woman has been promoted did head team doctor. That's super cool. Um, stuff like this, like Cohen does good stuff like this. They're like, and then there was that other article in the athletics saying they're like trying to build like a super pitching, like they have a secret lab, like to build super pitching. So it's like, he's like really invested in like doing good things and then he also does like baffling things like not paying Francisco Lindor I think he's also and I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here he's also kind of trying to find his footing as a baseball owner right now um just get because it's one thing to be a fan it's a whole nother ball game to be a majority owner so and he's trying and, to be both, I think. And he's yeah, he's trying to be both, and he's not succeeding at it, in my view. 
Um, yeah. I forgot. I was, had another thought there, and it just went out of my head. Oh, jeez. Yeah. It's it's a it's certainly a week of mixed bags, we'll say, because on on the heels of this news that, you know, the Mets have have hired a woman to be the head team physician. Like there's also this athletic piece that dropped that we need to talk about. So in in the aftermath of the Jared Porter incident and the Mickey Calloway incident, um, and the other guy incident whose name I forget. Oh yeah, oh, and the other Ryan guy. something. Was there was yet Ryan? another guy in the minor leagues. Um, yeah, yeah, he was not a prominent. Wait a minute. Oh, like it a hitting coach. It was a hitting coach. He yeah. was a hitting coach in the uh, minor leagues. It's too many. Too many. We should not be losing but, track of yeah. the number. Anyway, um, that's the, the fact that Brian Ellis is his name. Yes, yeah. Brian Ellis. I, Thank you, Kellyanne. The fact You're that awesome. the Mets were at the center of all of these um, scandals. Um, it's, uh, uh, Sandy Alderson had said, you know, in his pressers and stuff, like we're going to take a look at our vetting process and everything involved with hiring and workplace culture stuff. And so, and Steve Cohen, I remember, like he made that tweet immediately after the Jared Porter thing, basically saying like, or a statement basically saying like, this would never be tolerated under my, or like this wouldn't be tolerated under my ownership if I knew. And so, like now the Mets now news has broken in reporting from the athletic that the Mets have hired a law firm called Wilmer Hale um, to conduct a review of the New York Mets quote workplace culture with a focus on quote sexual harassment, misconduct and discrimination issues. Um, So, I mean, uh, uh, I have mixed feelings about this. On one hand, they're like doing something about it, which I guess is more than you can say in most instances where the thing well, things just go away and you hear nothing. But on the other well, hand, we sit here and we say like do something, like put your money where your mouth is and take an action. So yeah, that much has been done. They did something. Yeah, the but, bare minimum has been done. But like, is I, is a law firm? the right approach for this i mean it's the right approach if what you want to do is make sure you can't get sued for sexual harassment <laughs> yeah um, i mean to me i'm i'm not saying that this is the thought on the med side i'm not not saying it either but like that's what i would do if my concern was being sued i would hire a law firm i would not hire I- a law firm if i was especially interested in in kind of Having my employees unlearn toxic masculinity, law firm, not the first place I would look. On the flip side of on the flip side of this, though, I am looking at the Wilmer Hale page right now to see um, like who their lawyers are, and it's a pretty diverse. I'm surprised at um, the diversity of the employees right now, the counselors. Yes, lots of women, uh, lots of people of color. So this is good. Nice, even male-female divide, it's looking like. So I'm just, like, scanning just a few pages. But it's a, it's a it should be. I, mean, I would want to know, like, if they're involved in this sort of practicing law, like, who are they, who are they working for? Yeah, like, like, what are their, yeah, what actual, like, type clients are they representing? Yeah. And what is their goal in doing this kind of consulting work? You know? Yeah, I want to know their history here yeah, in this yeah. space. Um, and what kind of like that there's not a nonprofit doing similar things. Exactly. Yeah, like, that's what I was going to say, Maggie. Thing. 
I'm that like, why is there not a Wilmer? Uh, why is there? Uh-oh. Why is there not a nonprofit? Oh God, we got pinged. What is Wait, happening? No, no, it's Wait, okay. It's okay. okay it's just okay. Tommy Hunter. You can't freaking do this. Do this. Ugh, ugh. Sorry, y'all. We got tagged in the Slack, and usually I don't have the Slack open while we're recording because stuff doesn't happen. But you know, I have the Slack open right now, and when you get a an all channel ping in the news channel, you you can't give me a heart attack like that. Yeah. Anyhow, I false alarm. <laughs> false alarm, everyone. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Anyhow, I know. I I completely agree, Maggie. That was literally my first thought when I read about this. Was why is a nonprofit not doing this work like why have you not hired and why have you not given a non-profit money for this like it seems yeah, like that would be the right place to go um worth noting also that in the in the realm of if i were steve cohen and i hired a law for law firm it would be to avoid getting sued recall that steve cohen and steve cohen's company has indeed gotten sued in the past for this very thing so keep that in mind Ugh. Chris again. Oh. He's trolling. What? He's being mean. <laughs> Chris, you jerk. No, that's so rude. <laughs> rude. It's um, a salty pod, folks. Yes. Here we are. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think the overall take is they're doing something, but unclear if it's the right thing. But I remain, you know, like at least open to seeing what the results are. I'll put it that way. I want to see the results yeah. <laughs> before I pass a complete judgment on this. And I want to see potentially what results Wilmer Hale has delivered to clients in the past and what form those results have taken. And if, you know, they've done this sort of work reliably in the past and, you know, delivered results. But and we can do some research on that and maybe get back to you. And also, I'm- like... Deisha pointed out when she was on the pod that at least the Mets are doing something. It's like the the Indians have done nothing. The Angels clearly have done nothing. <laughs> uh, the Blue Jays haven't done anything. So the Cubs haven't done anything about Porter. So at least the Mets are at least giving off the appearance of trying, whether we said it's, you know, legit or whatever still remains to be seen, but it's at least a start compared to what the other teams are doing. Yeah, I can't recall ever another team saying we're hiring an outside party to take a look at our our workplace culture. Yeah. So whether it's the right exact outside party to be doing this is another debate, but I can't remember a single a single other team even like going that far to say we're going to have an outside party that's not MLB investigate our our well, cause MLB culture. doesn't care. Right, right. Yeah. And their investigations as we know are not <laughs> are not the greatest. Are not the greatest. Speaking of MLB investigations, Allison how long has it been since <laughs> Mickey Calloway's investigation started? It's been a while. I so like so what was the exact day it started? So but we learned in that same athletic article. So in the same athletic article that they talked about the Mets, because obviously Mickey Calloway is a related matter, 
they we learned that well we learned that there's nothing to learn basically about the mickey calloway investigation uh i will quote a a passage from the athletic article major league baseball's investigation into calloway remains ongoing but is not expected to be completed by opening day the league has reached out to numerous men and women who intersected with calloway in all three organizations where he worked additionally the league has reviewed at least some of his electronic data so basically, there's nothing to report. They've been talking to people and looking at his texts, which we've all already seen. I will say, handing this investigation over to the DMV sloth from Zootopia is seeming more and more like a questionable decision every day. Priscilla. <laughs> oh my gosh. Strong, considering very strongly, putting on my best Donald Trump voice, considering very strongly naming this episode... Uh, the DMV sloth from Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it Flash? Flash Hundred Yard Dash? Is that? Yeah, Priscilla's the other sloth that yeah, he consults on the joke. Cat. Yes, because that's how my cat got his got his name. Well, Joey Cats, we call him, but his real name is Flash because when I would put him down, he would take off. So I'd always say Flash, Flash Hundred Yard Dash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find out the day that they announced. That the investigation is starting. Well, like what like they said that they were gonna do an investigation. I Let's mean it was like February. I'm like seventy percent sure we had this conversation last month. We did, we did. I mean I know no, so the al- I know when investigation. I know exactly March. when the allegations came out, which was February. But when did they start the investigation? It's been like, right away. Second, yeah, yeah March, wait, wait, March right away. Hang on a second. I think it was maybe the day after, but it w- it was literally like immediately, because they couldn't fire him. Everyone's like, "Okay, we'll fire him," and they're like, "Well, we can't do that because we might have to pay him." February second, it was suspe- He was suspended. Yes, yeah, so he was suspended February on February second. Groundhog Almost Day. Two months ago. Almost two months, two months ago. Oh, how still has a job. Groundhog Day. We're literally living in Groundhog Day. Oh, Still has a job. Will have a job on opening day. Very cool. And being paid. Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent. Not going to take back his paychecks. Nope. God forbid. And he's supposedly not in camp right now, right? From what I'm, from what I understand, he's not. No, I don't he's think because he's suspended. In well, theory. Suspended with pay. Well, the fact that they even have to, quote-unquote, investigate is because Callaway's saying everything was consensual. So basically, this whole investigation is the base, based on the word of of one man. <sighs> yep. And not the five women who were brave enough to come forward. And all of, and everybody talks about corroboration, corroboration, corroboration. All of these are corroborated. And it specifically says in the piece, like, there are, like, for each story, there are contemporaneous, like, people in those women's lives who said, yes, they told me about this. Or saw it themselves. Right. Or, like, what? His nickname... I don't remember with Rich Club. I want to say it was with the Mets. His nickname was like Dick Pick Mick. Yes, that was the Mets. It was with the Mets. That was with the Mets. That's well. I'm like, are we still under the impression that there has ever been a consensual Dick Pick? No, because I have yet to hear of one. It would be news (laughs) to me. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay. It's um, just a mess all around. Salty. Yeah. Had to be salty. So another another not so great topic that we have to cover for this week. Womp womp. Is so as as everybody knows, um, known uh known abuser Odubo Herrera was back in, was was in Philly's camp this spring, and there was obviously like you know much you know consternation about that, and like there was is he going to make the team? Is he not going to make the team? Because he was on the fringe kind of, um, and we got a piece this week. That was basically a redemption. I, I'm calling it a redemption piece disguised was, yeah. as a labor issue, which is pretty. Di- it's just disgusting framing all around. Um, I mean, we'll share it not because this person deserves clicks, but because you should. It's almost like too ridiculous to believe unless you read it yourself. Um, but it's basically the the conclusion of the piece is that the collective bargaining agreement makes it so that the Phillies are in, their hands are tied and they have to keep Odubel Herrera because if they cut him, it wouldn't be for baseball reasons. And it's like, first of all, like he'd be getting paid and so they can cut him for whatever reason they want. And second of Mm -hmm. all, like what? He actually hasn't been that good this spring. I don't know if anybody's looked at that or if you bothered to look at that when you were researching this piece, sir. Um, but he hasn't been that good, and he actually has been reassigned since mm-hmm. that piece was he posted. Is not on the major league roster. How about that? And I and I mean because I will never give any major league baseball team the benefit of the doubt, I assume that he was reassigned for baseball reasons. <laughs> yeah. Because he was not that good. And so it's just it's so frustrating to act like you are writing this because you care about labor issues. Like, screw that. It makes me so mad. And he had no clue. Like he his basic understanding of labor issues were completely wrong. We're wrong. Multiple lawyers point like called him out on it. Yes. So Um, he just wanted to go to bat for Odubel Herrera for some reason. Yep, that's basically what it comes down to. For the intention, most likely. He knew it would get him clicks. Yeah, and it's like, the, the, the like lead in this piece is just so obnoxious. According to both the law and the Major League Baseball collective bargaining agreement, Odubel Herrera is a man who is free to play center field for the Phillies. There's just no way around that. Ron Howard voiceover. Apparently, there was a way around that because they caught him. (laughs) I love that that they did it like hours later after that piece came through. It was just like Chef's Kiss. Yeah, it was really Chef's Kiss. It was, but it's just like, like why why are you spending time doing this? Why are you doing this? Well, and also like it was the same day, um. It was the Inquirer again. They wrote a piece on the Flyers goalie who split with his psychologist before the season. And they're saying that's the reason why he's struggling. So they were tackling both domestic violence and mental health on the exact same day in the exact wrong way to do it. Like, you're batting a thousand, Philly Inquirer. Yeah, woof. Like, it was just, and then they retweeted it, too. Like, you didn't get flamed enough. And then, like, they retweeted the article. It's like, read a freaking room. And it's, you know, I'm 
don't want to generalize, but it's all old white men who write these articles. Oh, always. Mm-hmm. Always. 100% of the time, it's old white dudes who want to go to bat for these guys. Like, yeah. Why? And, like, you... This is why, you know, I think... Oh, man, what was it today that somebody was getting flamed for? Oh, it was about the guy who said, like, Mickey Mantle or whatever wouldn't have taken that much money. And, again... Mickey Mantle made $100,000 the whole season. Yeah, and... Um, and again, he said he was like a Hall of Fame voter. And it's like, of course, like, of course, it's all these old dudes with these old op- antiquated opinions that, you know, are the voices are supposedly the voices of this game. And you wonder why the game isn't appealing to people. Here's the, the full tweet. I remember Mickey Mantle signing for $100,000 for the 1963 season. Francisco Lindor just turned down $200,617.28 per game from the Mets. When is enough enough? He was offered a 10-year, $325 million deal. He wants a 12-year, $385 million deal to his age 39 season. Not a good look for Mr. Smile, especially in pandemic. Yeah, I love the implied racism, too. Oh, yeah, that was that was called out immediately. Uh, just like, oh, the Mr. Smile is very coded here. And it's very obvious. Well, yes. and RJ Anderson had the best quote retweet of that. It said, here's a mantle quote credited to 1995 Baseball Digest story in case you were wondering where he might stand on Lindor's contract talk. So now here comes the quote from Mickey Mantle. If I was playing with the Yankees now, or even then, if somebody said, hey, I'll give you a million dollars a year to go to Cleveland, my ass would have been in Cleveland. But they didn't have that. (laughs) No, I think Mickey Mantle made his thoughts pretty clear on where he would stand on the Francisco Lindor situation. Yes. I liked Rich Staff's reply. I was just about to say, Rich Staff, please read it. Wonderful. Please read it. I remember when Neanderthals walked the earth, exchanging (laughs) the shiniest shells for the pointiest sticks. I just paid $5 for a milkshake. When is enough enough? (laughs) Where can you get a milkshake for $5 nowadays? Yeah, that's what I want to know. That's what I want to (laughs) know. What magical, mystical place is this? But yeah, I thought that was really funny. I love Rich. I just do. Aside from a basic... Rich Staff does exist. He is a real human being. Rich Staff is real, everyone. Um, We have met him. We've met him in real life. I have photographic and video evidence, which I will not share. (laughs) Aside from, like, basic misunderstanding of how inflation works, that's also, like, basic misunderstanding of how, like, labor rights work. Like, (laughs) Mickey Mantle played at a time when, like, collective bargaining was not a thing! Thank you! Like... Good to know. It's, it's not misunderstanding. It's purposeful, willful ignorance. Yes, yes, yes. It's like it's just the astonishment that people take to Twitter to like show their whole ass like that <laughs> on a daily basis too. Yeah. You know, like, it would make my amazing. day better. A ratio, just like a big fat ratio right in my face. <laughs> I mean that that one's. I won't that lie. That I think it's getting pretty ratio. Let me see. Hang on. 
in in related labor issues um so we've got right now we've got the Mets and Francisco Lindor negotiating and I wouldn't say you know the Mets made their quote final offer which like they should pay Lindor whatever he wants but I at least they didn't insult him in the manner that the Cubs insulted Anthony Rizzo this week oh my gosh which was real bad so Anthony Rizzo, of course, is, like, not quite on the level of Francisco Lindor as far as, like, how good he is at baseball, but he is still a very good baseball player, and the Cubs offered him five years, $70 million to extend, which is <laughs> laughable um, for a star player. Um, and like your franchise player. Your franchise player. Homegrown hero. That's like if the Mets had offered DeGrom five years, $70 million, as their, like, opening <laughs> offer. Like, mm. been like, here you go, Jake. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Um, and the Astros did the mess. same with Carlos Correa. What was yeah. their offer to him? Like, a hundred million or something? It was, it was pretty, it was pretty I low. Was one I mean, this is part of why Lindor may really not want to make it to free agency, honestly. Yeah. Especially because yeah. he's not the only top flight shortstop who's going to be out there. And like, I want Lindor to get the big bucks, and I think this might be his best chance, and that sucks. Also, that is stupid. Yeah, I hate that I believe that. Yeah, isn't Seager also walking? Didn't he just say he was? Uh, I mean, the Dodgers are going to yeah, he'll go back to LA. Yeah, but it's Seager, it's Baez, Story. Correa story is for sure walking. Yeah, story. We've already covered this. And Lindor, yeah, there's so there's five shortstops. Um, if nothing else changes as of nine twenty seven on March thirtieth, twenty twenty one, um, there will be five shortstops on the market next year. Five good ones, very good yeah, ones. Really good. I mean, they're not all Francisco Lindor, obviously, but you have options. Yeah, I don't um, want options. I want I Francisco want Lindor. Yeah, exactly. I don't want options. I want Francisco. <laughs> but the the Mets could also use that as leverage against him. Yeah, it's but just time. Just get the check. Cut yeah. the check. Cut I the will... check. Once I'm vaccinated, yeah. don't make me go down there, Steve Cohen. I will. I will go down to City Field and probably shout loudly because that's all. <laughs> she will. She will do it. We'll get some milkshakes and pour them all over the place and on people and you know i, I fully know. believe that sanitary, though. i fully believe that linda will follow through with with this threat so just <laughs> i so will you know. i absolutely will um but yeah labor relations not good um but we decided that since we knew but that between like it wasn't going to be as celebratory of an episode as we thought because the Lindor extension still hasn't been announced and there was some like not great other baseball stuff, we thought that we would um, before we went to walk off wins, we thought that we would finish with like a somewhat you know a short lighthearted segment, which is oh, that wait. um we also but so super controversial. Our- we also have to pick our dudes for the year. Oh, we do have to pick our dudes. Oh, I don't know if we should. I should feel like dudes? our dudes have not fared well. I mean, Seth Lugo is is now having surgery, but like before that, he was good. But I guess yeah. last year he started and that was bad for him. So whatever. 
But the year I picked him as my dude. He was really was good. good. Yeah. But anyway. Fair. I think I picked Strowman as my dude last year and well. You know, that yeah. didn't. Stuff happened. <laughs> it's, yeah, stuff happened. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, last year doesn't count. Yeah, because so we should just happening. watch 2020. Because I remember 2019, our dudes did well. Hmm. I mean, Rosario was my dude, and he did okay. But... He did do well in 2019. How about we pick dudes next podcast? Okay. Even though it, it, the season will have started, but it won't be that many games. It'll only be the first series will have been done. So we can still pick dudes. Let's pick dudes next podcast. Next podcast, we'll pick dudes, everyone. It'll give me time to think. It'll be the dude podcast. It'll be the dude podcast, and we'll now have time to think about things. Um, And we'll also know what happened with Francisco Lindor at that point, too. Maybe we'll be in better moods. Yeah. Hopefully. but what we will do to bring some to inject some levity into the podcast is the the most polarizing issue on Mets Twitter, perhaps oh. even more than the Francisco Lindor extension somehow, is the black jersey debate. So in addition to mm. Steve Cohen talking about um his on his Q and A. So Steve Cohen had a pre-recorded Q and A recently, and that's the Bauer thing we were referencing, where he said he wished he would have had Bauer, which was eh. uh, he. There was also an announcement that the black jerseys will be coming back, which made half of Mets Twitter. I don't know. I don't know if it's actually half. Um, it's it's you know there there's a divide. I don't know exactly how what percent are on what side, but it's a portion of Mets Twitter were elated by this, and a portion of Mets Twitter were infuriated by this. Um, and you know. <laughs> It's always been a very polarizing issue. And on this podcast, we also happen to be exactly 50-50 divided on this issue. There are two hosts who are pro-black jersey and two hosts who are anti-black jersey. So we figured that we would have a short little debate in which each side, you know, each person gets like a minute or so to state their piece. And then the other side will go and then we'll go back and then we'll go back to the other side and then we'll have a little bit of a wrap up. So... I will, uh, as as a member of the anti-black jersey side, I will allow the pro-black jer- jersey side to go first. So, Kellyanne, state your case in favor of the black jerseys. Oh, well, I get to go first. How lovely. Okay. So, I, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm obsessed with the black jerseys, and I think they're fantastic. To me, they look so sharp. They're so crisp. I'm imagining Jacob deGrom in one right now, and he's, he's just going to be amazing. It. Well, he's going to have to wear it on days that they do wear it. I don't know if he'll choose it that day for his own um, starts, but he's going to have to be wearing it at some point. Anyway, um, there have just been so many great moments um, and hilarious moments in the past with the black jerseys, um, like the 2006 Annalise clincher. Um, In 2000, they won the clinchers of both the NLDS and the NLCS. Um, and there was the hilarious one with Robin Ventura um, <laughs> poking fun at Mike Piazza by running around on the wet tarp during a rain delay. Um, Don't and the use other... Ventura against me, rude. Oh, please. <laughs> oh, I'm using everyone against you, Linda, please. Um, and the, the other reason I really am excited about this is because it's gotten great player support. Walker's been positive about it. Stroman is super excited about it. And even said, I think it was today on Twitter, that he wants to get a DeGrom black jersey signed from him. Um, and the other big proponent of it is, of course, Pete Alonzo. So you have player support. I love it. 
Most of the fans love it. I would like to say we're going to do a poll on this later on. Black jerseys are awesome. Let's go. All right. Excellent. <laughs> Linda Surovich, uh, represent the anti-black jersey side. Give your case. Go. Okay. Well, I disagree with basically everything Kelly has just said. <laughs> 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 like, like, to me, the black jersey looks bland. You can barely see that it says Mets on it. It's not their Like, any team can wear black. I want, I want to look at a jersey and be like, that's my team. That's the Mets. I'm rocking their colors, and I look good doing it. Like, black, any schmo on the street can wear. Like, you know, the Nets wear black. Like, it's just and the blue and orange are the city's colors. The blue jersey is by far superior to the black jersey. Yes, girl. Preach! Which will wore as war on the walk-off. I'll bring out Wilmer if you bring out Ventura. <laughs> Fine. I actually have the Flores blue jersey, so See? I can't really talk. See? Excuse me, says the says the person with the black Ventura. Was it jersey or jersey? It was jersey, I think. It was actual, it was, first of all, it was a gift. Second of all, that was the oh, style please. of the time. You literally couldn't find any other jerseys anywhere else. <laughs> that was a gift uh, from a person I'm disowning from my life. Come. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, they're like, they're just not the colors. Like I want, when I walk into the stadium or like when somebody sees me on the street, I want them to know I'm a Mets fan. Not like a double take. Like, huh? Who is that? What jersey are you wearing? No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Like, like I said, it's just, it's, and they're not even, like, they're just bleh. They, uh, like, I don't care. They're just nostalgia for nostalgia's sake at this point. It's Ugh. like uh, the racing stripes, at least they won in those. They won nothing in these. <laughs> That's so untrue. I just listed all the things they won in Not them. a World Not Series, though. Not a World Series. But, no, you know. they didn't win a World Series in any of these uniforms since 1986. Racing so... stripes, they did. <laughs> Racing stripes, that's the only one. You can't make that argument about the pinstripes. You can't make the argument about the blue jerseys or the white ones. Well, hey, you they got brought the back the racing stripes. Matt Harvey wore the blue jersey at the first ever playoff game at City Field. So they are historic. <laughs> they're, they're a collector's <laughs> item now. They are. Okay. All right. We'll go back to the pro black jersey side for a rebuttal. Maggie Wigan, make your case. Okay, well, all of the jerseys that have been rattled off is part of my argument, which is that I love all of the jerseys, more yeah. jerseys. I love, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I feel like it's important for teams to have, you know, kind of a core collection of really like classic, memorable jerseys. The Mets pinstripes are fantastic. The road mm-hmm. grays, I die for. But yes. like, I just love a whole mess of jerseys and I really like what they're doing with this where they're giving them a little redesign I'm interested to see what that will look like I don't imagine like big changes but like little design tweaks that may resolve some of Linda's concerns but um (laughs) but they're bringing it back for a handful of games and I think that's awesome because 
It's more variation in the uniform collection, as previously mentioned. I love all of the unicorns. I unicorns. <laughs> I, I too love all of the unicorns. Unicorns. I Can have you no tell issue I have with. a four-year-old daughter. Who doesn't I love do. unicorns. I unicorns. have no issues with unicorns. We need we need Mets colored unicorns. But the black jerseys are one more addition to a really fantastic, like you know, the orange Los Mets jerseys. Loved them. Would want See, one. And I was, I was actually going to say that's like the one jersey I did not like. But that, that was also <laughs> partly because every time they wore them, someone seemed to get hurt. Yes, those were definitely <laughs> so. the first jerseys. Don't get me wrong. Um, but like, are they my favorite jersey? No. Do I want to watch them a couple times a year? Oh, hell yes. That's great. I love like, God, those absolutely hideous um, St. Patrick's Day jerseys they break out sometimes. Oh my God. Oh, God. Love it. Um, for one day a year. That's how it goes. But like black jerseys for five, six games, I think would be amazing. And like, yeah, the fans love it because it has all this tie to a, a like, those are, those are millennial jerseys. That is just, you know, that is the, the age bracket right there. You know, with, with Piazza, they are a Piazza jersey. That's hard to to break away but then and then also like my last thing is i sometimes just want to wear a black shirt but i also want it to be mets i'd be very so happy hot. if i could do that more easily because sometimes i like to wear black i have been a goth i've been a restaurant hostess black comes naturally to me i'm pro black clothing in general so on the As from a those former angles, emo kid yes i will i i will concede on that point but I, but for me, black is for band t-shirts. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking someone, <clears throat> Michael, gave us both black Mets Harry Potter shirts. It's true. He did. I'll awesome. have to, I'll have to have a discussion with him about that. Um, anyway. Sitting in the sun with them. It's just so hot. It you is hot. You just die. I'll give a short, I'll give my short um, anti-black jersey take. Which is so because Linda said most of what I would say, which is just that I don't aesthetically, I really don't like them. Um, I, I, my main issue, I realize, but uh, in addition, I have two main issues with the black jerseys. Linda articulated one of them already, which is that they just, to me, it doesn't scream Mets enough. It's just, they're just not Mets. Like black is not a Mets color. It's fine as an accent color, but it should not be the main color of the shirt because black is not a Mets color. So that's my main issue with it. But my secondary issue with it, which is which I think is what contribute is what contributes to why I don't like them just like aesthetically, even removing the like are they Metsy aspect from it, is that I don't think that the blue pops enough against the black, and I think yes. it makes them look bland. Which is the that's the, when Linda said bland, like that's what I think of is like I don't think the blue like the blue pops against the black on the blue alternates, which are my favorite in addition to Linda's favorite, they're my favorite as well. The orange and the blue are such contrasting colors and they pop so well against each other, which is why like other teams that wear black, like the Orioles, for example, I'll bring up the Orioles. So you, y'all know me. I'm, I'm an Orioles fan too. I'm an AL. They are my AL team. They are just black and orange. They are not, there's no blue involved. So those contrasting colors work really well. But with the Mets, it's sort of like, it's like a Royal, but like a dark Royal. And that is not enough contrasting with the black to make it pop. 
pop. And so that's why aesthetically I don't like them. Um, but I will say that um, what Maggie said about how it's only a few games a year, like that's like if it gets people to be excited, then whatever I can deal with it. I just really hope it's not a slippery slope to bring them back into the regular rotation because yeah. oh, I don't like them. <laughs> well, and also the whole thing too, like Cohen did it, didn't did the announcement as a huge distraction. Like yes. the announcement was basically like, hey, look over there, don't look over there, black jerseys, get everyone oh, all nostalgic so and excited. Ignore my opinion. Really well. It worked. Yeah, it worked really well. Our opinions. Based on yes. the timeline of Twitter when this happened, everyone was super psyched. Um, yeah. Which you it know, was just like CPR. That's all it was. It really was. It was gimmicky. Like, I, and I mean, I'm like, again, I am not gonna force my uh, like. This is just a fun, friendly debate. I don't actually care. Like, people can <laughs> like the black jerseys, and like other people can wear them if they want. I'm not going to, but others can. You know, it's like people yeah. can like whatever they want. But I that was gimmicky to me that he mm-hmm. was just like, oh, uh, the negotiations aren't done yet, but black jerseys, don't you love me? It's like, oh God, come on, man. Yeah, it was very transparent. Also, he's and he slipped and he slipped the Bauer stuff after that too. Yeah, like right after notice. <laughs> and I mean, like. I, it, we noticed, but like most p- people, like that's not what was it's being not. tweeted about in the aftermath of that Q and A at all. Nope. <laughs> and Nobody that was cared. his intent, I think. Um, but yeah, I, it's 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 really funny to me. It's just really funny to me how um, this jersey is such a polarizing thing. It's, it's hilarious. It's like people. I, there's I, almost no middle ground on it. People either really like them or they really hate them. But this is one of the polarizing fun things about the bets, I'd yes. like to say, rather than polarizing. Yeah, there's worse things to be polarizing. I would much rather about. debate about things like this that don't matter, actually matter, in the grand scheme of things, than debate this about. This was like, should we clap for Jose Reyes? Yes. Like, no. I'm glad to have that that sort of debate behind me, temporarily, probably. Talk about a negative association with the black jerseys, by the way. Yeah. There's one. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, there's so there are race. plenty of ne- negative associations with the other jerseys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's negative anecdotal evidence, please. My, I mean, like it's funny because like I, it's weird. There, I have like such a like a like a conflict in my heart. I want. I desperately want to feel the way that Maggie does about uniforms because I think that that is like in the right spirit. Like every uniform's a good uniform. Have more uniforms. But my actual like hot take, and I I concede this is a hot take, is that like I love the blues so much that I, if it were up to me, they would wear them exclusively only and never wear I the whites and the never blues. wear work. The blue gross. is very sharp. I love and yes, not just because is it is the absolute best tone for my coloring like but that (laughs) that helps I just like my hot take is that I do not care for road grays in general and that's not a Mets exclusive Mm -hmm. take I do not care for road grays I think they look like dirty laundry and I don't like how they look and I would much rather teams wear their colored alternates at all times like I would prefer the Mets wear the blues both home and away at all times and I would prefer like the Nationals wear the red um you know and the Braves wear the navy like I just want I would rather teams wear their colored alternates than road grays I do not like road grays here's my hotter take beyond liking the road grays is um several years ago they had a road game on mother's day and the replica jersey they were selling was you know because it's women's like uh replica you know 
weird jerseys. They only offered it in Jacob deGrom. And <laughs> I was kind of annoyed by the idea that I even liked a a Mother's Day pink jersey. It was like the road gray and then with like kind of a baby pink for all of the text and stuff. Huh. Um, and I waited too long and it sold out. I like debated with myself for like two weeks about this thing and it was gone. And it was also, it was kind of before DeGrom became like this force in all of our lives. Um, But like, I still, I still think about that Mother's Day road gray jersey. Like that is the jersey that got away, man. Lives lives rent free in your head. I want that one back. That's the one I would take back if I could. I have had a Francisco Lindor blue women's jersey in my cart on MLB.com for three freaking weeks. Like, please, I am begging you. I want nothing more than to buy it. I want to give you my money. Well, and that's the other thing. Um, The best colors mean something. they're They're the colors of the city. Um, They're the blue from the Dodgers. And the the orange from the Giants. And it's just, it's their history. Like, the colors are an integral part of who they are as an organization. So it's just, black means nothing. It literally means nothing except for a gimmick to make money on more jerseys. Well, you can make that argument for the white jerseys, too. But that's their jersey. (laughs) That's my hot take. I'm saying. Like the Snow White. My hot take is that I don't man, just how it is. Yeah, Maggie and I are on the opposite end of the spectrum. Maggie and I are on the I'm a I'm like a I guess I'm like a Jersey prude, I guess is like the way to put I I don't know what the word is. I'm Jersey monogamous. Monogamous. I'm in an exclusive, a very exclusive relationship with the blue jersey. (laughs) Very exclusive relationship. I do have a David Wright pinstripes jersey. I would pref- I prefer that to the pure all, Snow Whites, all but of my other ones are pinstripe. I I need a blue, and like you, a Lindor would you know go a long way. My jerseys are blue. My yeah, JD all my jerseys one is are blue. blue, but my jersey jerseys I have Pete, I have Jake, and I have Dave, and they're all the pinstripe. My I actually have it will like it will almost complete the set in a way, although like it's it's I, I'll have two blues at that point. But it, I have I have a David Wright pinstripe in youth size. I have a DeGrom. <laughs> I have a DeGrom authentic. So it's like it's a unisex slash men's jersey. It's uh, because it's an authentic one. Uh, it, that's a blue one. And then I'm going to get the Lindor women's jersey. So I'll have, like literally three types of youth <laughs> <laughs> men's and women's <laughs> complete yeah, the set the trifecta <laughs> yeah two of them will be blue one will be pinstripe i like i do the only jersey i can really say that i don't like is the lost best jersey it was just it was too bright for me i that, liked I mean, it but if they, jersey. If they toned down that. the neon about like two notches i would really love it it's just hard to yeah. look at on tv but i actually think yeah. i would like it more in real life like at a game at an actual game um, One of the also, things that I don't break out very often is the 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 All Star BP game, uh, jersey from the year that yes. the Mets hosted, which for the NL team was yes. orange, and it oh. is it is very nice. Um, I will. I'll, it's it's got I all kinds of nice it. detailing. I will try to remember to wear it soon. If it's you know, it's a Harvey jersey, it's 
it's very moment in time but i i think you <laughs> yes, guys please. will like this one it has a nice texture to it i would like that i again like i love the blues also orange with blue accents is fine by me because again that's primary mets colors like because well, that like, was the players weekend one which they, is also yeah that's fine yeah, when me. they were played in the little league game yep. they wore the blue and orange jerseys i liked those yeah those i liked those nice. a lot um yeah, I'm just pro, like, colored alternates, basically. That's, like, my jersey take. I wish all teams would wear their... Co- I just think, again, like, for me, the aesthetic of jerseys and when I really like them is when the colors really pop, the contrasting colors of the team's colors. And so, like, that comes out the most in the alternates. Like, I remember, was it the 2020 playoffs, the 2020 wild card round, or was it 2019? I Time is a flat circle. But I remember that the Rays were playing the Oakland A and they were both wearing their colored alternates during the playoffs and it was like the rays like navy and baby blue and then the oakland a's green alternates with the with the yellow and i was like this is like aesthetically my ideal baseball game right now like i that is what i would like for every baseball game is for both teams to be wearing their colored alternates obviously you can't have that all the time because there are a lot of red teams and sometimes the red teams play each other so that would be difficult but in those cases you just choose one of them to wear the red alternates and the other team can wear their right their whites or their road grays or whatever but i just wish i don't know i wish the colored alternates were more the primary rather than the alternate that's my take but i know that that's a minority take among baseball fans probably but i just well we're gonna we're gonna find out we're going to find out. I have a feeling that anti-black jersey is probably a minority view in this yeah. cohort, in this cohort, like we've been mentioning. Like, I, I totally can see that the millennial, they are millennial jerseys. They definitely are because it's it's the teams we grew up with. It's nostalgic. I get it. Um, so I think that on Twitter, we're probably going to lose because it's mostly millennials and younger. Um, so we'll see. But <laughs> we, uh, we're know. a strong we'll but surprised. mighty minority. <laughs> Okay. We will not be silent. There are dozens of us. There dozens. are dozens of us and we will not be silenced. <laughs> anyway, so that was fun. I, I wanted to, you know, end the show on a fun note, even with walk-off wins coming. We I figured I would inject some levity. So that was fun. Um, we will put up a poll, like Kellyanne said, so you, so you guys can participate and let us know if you're pro or anti-black jersey. And we will include a neutral option because I want to see if there are people no. who don't actually have no, a take I, uh, as, as a survey designer by trade i want everybody to have to choose you want to have to choose yeah. a side that's yeah, fair. Make, they have, have to make a choice make yeah. Yeah. forcing them to choose sides that's fine i think yeah. i i think it's it's a binary question damn it yeah it's a binary yay. question in this case yes it is all right cool um we will end the show, though, with walk-off wins, where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk-off win for this week? So I have a two-parter. One is that opening day is on Thursday, and I think we're all happy yeah. about that. That's uh, that's one of my walk-off wins. The other one is job-related. Um, I just had a fairly big event at uh, my library um, called NJ Makers Day. It is a science, technology, engineering, and mathematics focused event for children. Um, And I pretty much planned the planned activities for birth through fifth grade um, on my own. And I had a really good response to it. (laughs) So I was very happy about that. And then I passed out on the weekend because it took place last week. Uh, like on Friday and Saturday and I was just like okay now I get to nap I can sleep soundly 
So the good feedback I got from that, though, made me really, really excited and really happy. And that's my walk-off win. That's great. Um, Congratulations on a successful Maker's Day. That's awesome. Thank you. Maggie Wiggin, what is your walk-off win for this week? Um, My walk-off win for the week is that we discovered a little New York City gem Um, We are, as I've mentioned before, and is going to be certainly a recurring theme of my podcasting life this year is, you know, we got a car recently. So all of a sudden, things that once would take us like 45 minutes to get to on public transportation take, as it turns out, 15 minutes to get from northern Manhattan to Randall's Island, which is delightful. And I mean, in addition to being really easy to get to, it's basically at like And there is actually public transportation that goes there. And it's not supposed to be too bad. But it's at like the kind of the middle of the Triborough Bridge, like the center of the three boroughs of the bridge. You start on the bridge and then you don't drive over to the next borough. You just go down onto the island. And it's fabulous. And so it's there's tons and tons of like sports fields there and lots of various kids using them. And there's also just this really nice playground and it's right next like right next to the playground is an urban garden like a big a really big one and I'm really excited to like get the kids signed up to do some digging get dirty but like it's so easy to get to and it's also like we went on um we went on Saturday we went a couple of times we most recently we went on Saturday when it was like it was quite warm out but the nice breeze coming in off the water is just the loveliest thing and as a like personal bonus for our family, we are all huge rail fans. I mean, not as huge as our son, who is like the biggest rail fan on the planet, but you know, it's infectious. We're all kind of into it now. It goes right underneath also that runs parallel to the Triborough, um, the best named bridge in the world, which is the Hellgate Bridge. <laughs> um, and it is used, <laughs> it is used by CSX and Amtrak trains to take them in and out of a, um of like a maintenance facility so in the middle of playing we're like oh wait there's an acela train and it goes and like oh look there go the csx trains and it's like it's just a wonderful little cherry on top of the lovely playground lovely park sunday it was it's a great place and i mean if you're anywhere in like the general kind of manhattan northish brooklyn or Westish Queens area. It is it is like stupid easy to get to, or the Bronx for that matter. Like it's it's really really accessible um, and not terribly inaccessible through public transportation. But it's beautiful and it's public facilities. And I I am always standing the New York City Parks and Rec folks for for just doing an amazing job maintaining the city's green spaces. And this one is awesome. So yeah, Randall's Island. Hashtag who knew. Something that I drive past all the time on the way to City Field and then never actually know. <laughs> so I mean, City Field know. is definitely better. If I have to choose one, <laughs> it's, it's good field. to know. Because we always, because, you know, for, to get to City Field from Jersey, you have to drive over the Triborough Bridge. And so I'm always like, huh, Randall's Island. <laughs> I always see the sign. Never been there. But now I know. The more you Field know. trip. Field trip. Field trip. I can tell you where the bathrooms are, so. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> that is vital information wherever you're going. 
is to know the bathrooms ahead of time. Actually, when I was, you know, in Europe, they have a very different culture about public bathrooms than they do in America, which is that they are like hard to find. And sometimes you have to like pay for them. Um, And so and so when I was in Italy, like there was this there was this uh, girl who was on my trip with me who was who had a very small bladder we'll just put it that way she she had to use the restroom a lot and so she by the end of the trip she had created an entire map of rome and where the free public toilets were and i it was a very useful tool for all of us i was gonna say that's extremely useful you could mark and smart i know right i keep telling her she should like make a brochure or something but um Anyway, Linda Surovich, what is your walk-off one for this week? Um, I kind of have two, two. Um, Do it. <laughs> one, the first one is my sister got her vaccine today. Um, so almost my whole family at least has their first shot um, right now, which is a big relief. And um, she, I was texting her while she was there. And because she does not like needles at all. And she was kind of nervous. So I was just texting her like Mets gifts. I was like, here's my Piazza. And she's like, thanks. This is really helping. So the Mets (laughs) helped her get through her vaccine, basically. (laughs) But seriously, again, I have to reiterate, it's not a big deal. Like, as someone who hates needles, both of us were totally fine. And if we could do it, believe me, anybody could do it. So just a little PSA. Um... (laughs) And then my second one was I finally went out to eat on Saturday. Yay! Um, it was the first time. I can't even remember the last time I went out to eat. And it was just lovely. It was a lovely day out. Um, and it just felt good to have plans again and to get out of the house and eat good food and see somebody face to face and you know it's the little things that we've you know that i've missed and so it was it was just a lovely lovely time so it's slowly but surely we're getting there and but i think like that just like it's like okay that kind of sustained me like we're close to the close to the finish line like we can get there and knowing like so many people are getting vaccinated like so many people i know now are getting vaccinated it's like it's just this huge weight off your shoulders and yeah just one you didn't even realize you were carrying for so long like mm-hmm. when she was texting me i'm like oh i'm so glad you're finally vaccinated or at least you know partially vaccinated like i felt relief i don't know if she did but i did so um so those are my two walk-off wins just you know hopefully the end is in sight or at least hope is on the horizon at the very least yeah yeah that's happy congrats to linda's sister on getting the jab yeah Um, and she survived (laughs) yes yes that's the most important thing um my walk-off win for this week is that my cousin and his wife had a baby shower over the weekend. Ooh, um, virtual one. A virtual one. And that was very fun. Um, got to play some games with my family, you know, guess the height of the baby, guess the weight of the baby, the length, I guess, of the baby. They, I say height, <laughs> but the baby is, is laying down. Um, they're very floppy. They're very floppy. <laughs> so you guess the length, you don't guess the height. Um <laughs> you know all the typical baby shower stuff all on zoom but like it was just nice to like 
get to see some of my family members, my more extended family members, even virtually that I haven't seen in like a really long time because of the pandemic. So, um, yeah, that was really lovely. Um, and I guess I'll throw in a second walk off win too, uh, since, since it seems to be a theme of like having two. Um, I found out today that I am vaccine eligible as of today. So, uh, I don't have an appointment yet. You know, like that's a whole different hurdle to climb. Like who knows? Cause obviously there's a huge gap between like being eligible and actually being able to get an appointment, you know, especially DC has been not so great with its rollout. And so it's been challenging. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't expect this at all. I kind of, you know, I expected to be like the last person in the world to be eligible and, and rightfully so because like I work from home, you know, it's it's fine. I'm young. I don't have any comorbidities or anything like that. Um, but it was nice because the NIH, I think so like it was almost sort of a race between my workplace and, you know, the community to see like where I could get vaccinated first. Like basically who reached their final group of like everybody else first? Um, Would it be DC or would it be NIH? And um, NIH, I think, was starting to realize that they were not going to get enough doses to vaccinate all of their staff. They have enough doses to vaccinate the essential staff that are there on campus every day, like the clinical staff, the folks in the labs that are doing research, things like that. Um, but the teleworking staff, like I think that they were realizing that the pace at which they were getting doses was just not going to be enough to vaccinate the teleworking staff. And so they they said they basically said you know you're all NIH employees you're public health workers you're going to be CDC phase 1c eligible like they just nice. gave us like a designation basically and like i have like i literally i felt like i i, I said i joked to my colleagues that i felt like i was getting like a permission slip from my mom to go on a field <laughs> trip cuz they literally sent us all like little letters that have like the hhs like us government stamp on them the basically oh like letterhead God. and everything that just basically said like this person's an nih employee and therefore they're cdc one one phase 1c public health care worker eligible and I was like I feel like I'm getting like a, a vaccine permission slip from my mom <laughs> but but anyway like that's really nice to know so I'm now I mean I was already pre-registered in DC um and I pre-registered in Maryland as well because that's where I work and so I and now it's a race between DC and Maryland I assume Maryland's gonna win but we'll see if I can get an appointment <laughs> I don't know I'm gonna try um so yeah, that's my walk off win. My cousin's baby shower, and then I'm vaccine eligible. Well, well, who who knows when I'll actually get the shot in my arm? But I'm excited to at least be able to seek out an appointment. So that's my walk off win for this week. Um, excellent, excellent. Awesome. In the meantime, um, while you're waiting um, for baseball to start, which is so soon now. Um, you don't have much longer to wait. You can go to amazingavenue.com. We have so so much opening week content for you all like it's just we're, we're pumping out content like crazy you know we're pumping out content like crazy when chris changes the site layout so that there's like five <laughs> articles at the top instead of just two um so we've got so much we've got pr positional previews for each of the types of positions like infield outfield bullpen starting rotation etc um we've got i've got like a strength of schedule piece dropping tomorrow we've still got a couple player season previews that either just dropped or are 
still dropping. Um, we've got NL East matchups, like NL East uh, previews of all of our uh, division rivals. There's so much content coming out for you all in the next couple of days. Um, I, po- I just posted the King of Spring training final poll, so you should go in there and vote for your chosen King of Spring training for 2021. Yeah, go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of that fantastic content, and once the season begins, we'll have game recaps every night for you all like we do every year, so very excited to start the regular season content again um you can follow amazing avenue on twitter facebook and instagram at amazing avenue you can follow the show on twitter at a pod of their own and you can follow each of us on twitter i am at petite phd where are you linda at linda Sarovich. and you maggie at maggie 162 and you kellyanne at l-r-b-e-l-l-a-r-e-b-e-e So follow the show on Twitter, follow each of us on Twitter. You should definitely choose now if you haven't already to follow us on Twitter because we just dropped a new logo. Thanks to oh, thanks to our pretty. lovely so graphic pretty. designer Kellyanne Healy designed a new logo for us and it's beautiful and we just debuted it on Twitter and it will be, you know, on the site and everything when when this uh when this episode goes up. So we're very excited about that new logo. Um so you should check that out. Um, but yeah, please subscribe to the podcast, Amazing Avenue Audio, on what, your whatever podcast app of choice. Um, please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasting. Happy opening day, y'all. Woo! Let's yeah! go Mets! Let's, Let's go, go Mets! Mets.